So today on the Tim Marner podcast show, we've got my friend, my tattoo artist, Ryan Wild. Ryan, now I've conned you coming in. I told you that we're having a meeting, but obviously now we're having a podcast, right? The reason for this is, right, I got a a consultation the other day with a lady called Louisa McNamee, and she's a spiritual advisor for celebrities, right? It's going to sound right. really weird. Yeah, it does already. A psychic yeah. medium. Mm-hmm. And in the meeting halfway through, she went, can I just say something to you? I, I'm getting the name Brian. Right, Brian. I think it's Brian. And the word train. Right. right? So at first, I thought it was my mate, Ryan Armitage. Yeah. So I messaged him, are you free for a podcast? He went, no. I'm just like, what's it? And then I messaged you. And when I messaged you, it felt it were right. Is any point in your life there's anything to do with a train? Graffiti. I used to do graffiti. So let's start is... off there. Yeah. <laughs> when you were doing the graffiti, talk to me about that. When did you first get into doing graffiti and art? Um, I'd say I'm about 12 or 13. It was probably my first actual form of art. Um, started off just little doodles here and there with my mate, my cousin. What were you um, doing it for? What was the reason for it? To express yourself? At or? the time, I probably thought it was somewhat more, but looking back, I'll probably just bored, rebellious kid. Yeah. But um, yeah, it developed from there. Started meeting friends through it. Um, funnily enough, it does link into work now, which is strange. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like done that kind of full circle. Yeah. When you were doing it, were you always into art before you kind of yeah like did you I know we've talked about it before like but we'll delve a bit deeper into it. Were you thinking are you just going tagging it just for what's it? When was that point that you thought I want to create things that are going to be there? Um, probably already wanted to do that when I started, um, but not on such a huge scale. Um, probably when I was like sixteen ish. Um, started getting into funnily enough architecture and interior design mm-hmm. um i knew i wanted to do something creative and make something myself but i didn't know exactly what at that point um and then sort of stumbled upon tattooing as an idea when did there. you when did you know what i thought the, the train thing keeps going back to me has there been something <laughs> with the tra- so train or something what recently you know i mentioned to you before that i've done um, like sculptures, models. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, I we talked about that, didn't we? Yeah, probably about a month and a half or so ago. I bought some model trains, and I've done graffiti on the sides of them. Um, probably only a couple of weeks ago that I finished the first one up. Um, put lights in it and stuff like that, and it's all like rusted and yeah, it's pretty cool. Weird, so, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so. When, from doing the graffiti and stuff, when did you get into tattooing and how did you get into tattooing? When did you? So, I did graffiti on and off from around 12, 13, up until I were about 16, 17, when I got into tattooing. Um, how do you get into tattooing? So, I would, I didn't do it the proper way at first. Um, I bought a kit online, yeah. scattered tattooing with my friends. Like, it were a bit bit of a bad way to do it one until I decided that's what I actually wanted to do as a career. A lot of people doing that though. Yeah. What they call scratches, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, um 
how do you stop someone from kind of doing that? Because without that, you wouldn't become a tattoo artist, would you? It's weird because if I if I could go back, I'd always tell people now not to do it right. because it set me back. But I'd feel like a hypocrite because I did it myself. Yeah. Um, but I'd say it was the biggest setback in tattooing because when I went in around, what way? Why? So when I went around looking for an apprenticeship, trying to get into the industry, as soon as I mentioned that I tattooed myself or my friends, that were it, I'm out the door. And that's when I realised, I was only 17, I was like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. So I stopped doing that for about a year, focused on my actual artwork and portfolio, and then took that around. Isn't, I don't know, obviously I don't know, but is that not sort of hypocritical for the people telling you? Because I feel like, have they yeah. not done that as well? But I don't then know. they know it's bad and then you've seen it and then around, around we go. That's something I've never thought of, to be fair. Um, a lot of people do get into it that way. But yeah. like I say, if someone came to me now and said that they'd been yeah. tattooing at home, I'd be like, well, don't do that. You shouldn't do what that. What would you say to someone right now? If they wanted to get into tattooing? I'd say focus on your artwork. Get a really strong portfolio. Like myself and a lot of other artists, we aren't looking for an apprentice. No one really... It's very rare someone's looking for an apprentice, but if someone turned up to me and said, here's my artwork and it's absolutely amazing, I can't then go, nah, piss off. Like, that's that's something I want. And I'm like, I want that person working with me. So if you get your artwork absolutely spot on, people are going to want you to work with them. And what when you say doing artwork, are, are you sort of at that point doing a lot of stuff or are you, is it a style it's so, sort of like niching down on something that you'd say so when you go in somewhere you go look this is my style this is my thing or is it nice having a varied sort of portfolio for me if I were looking for someone I'd like to see a bit of everything but I'd like to see that they've got a style they've got like somewhere they want to take it but that doesn't mean everything because when I first get out, set out to start tattooing I wanted to do Japanese like just pure traditional Japanese work and then I realised I'm not very good at it. So <laughs> I, I took on other scales and then it's gone the full circle again. Like I can do that now because I've developed in the other scales. Right. So having one fixed scale isn't yeah. a necessity, but it is, it's nice to have in mind what you want to do. Right. Why aren't tattoo artists taking on apprenticeships and why are they not taking on apprentices? What's the, What's the reason for that? Do you think? mainly the the tattoo industry is just oversaturated at the moment, right. like stupidly oversaturated? There's a tattoo studio on every corner. Yeah, like I could put it in at Google now. Tattoo studios within one mile, and at least like six, seven had come up. It's silly. Yeah, we don't need. There's more tattooists than there is. Yeah, people wanting tattoos. Like it's just that's why you get people that are struggling for work and competing yeah. for work and. We don't need all that. Yeah. And the majority of them aren't very good. Yeah. There's, I don't know, I'd say in the whole like Manchester area, there'll be, I'd say at least like 200 studios yeah. that haven't really, they don't really care about tattooing. It's not their main passion. It's not, yeah. they just give it for a job. And is that a difference between a tattooist and a tattoo artist? Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, um, a tattoo artist, I've always thought of a tattoo artist as an artist who tattoos, yeah. a tattooist is just someone who tattoos. Yeah. Um, this is why we're saying again about the the portfolio, getting your artwork together, like that's the most important part. Yeah. 
Um, but you're saying to start off is do a varied thing, get you, and then you kind of sort of like find your style as you go instead of yeah. focusing on the style straight away. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, like using myself as an example again, I set out to do Japanese, yeah. but that's not what I've that's not my main thing now. Yeah, if I'd have just had that one style and I wouldn't have done anything else, yeah, I'd have been stuck trying to push that when it's yeah. not actually what I want to do anymore. Yeah, I never thought of that because it's uh, when Gaz first came in for his first interview, his, yeah. his portfolio. Um, was very varied yeah. but I could see something in him his thought process and that that I knew that I could sort of help him develop who he was meant to be but if you just came in with one style you, you kind of like limit you're kind of pigeonholing yourself aren't you yeah especially when you're starting out yeah definitely so to go through an apprenticeship and then to get to a tattoo artist how, how do you actually go through that process how, how do you actually become a tattoo artist so that's something i was really lucky in um the guy who taught me <laughs> he was very thorough he made sure i did every single style in leeds yeah back yeah. in leeds yeah um a place called skins yeah he um he taught me i spent like nearly a full year i didn't even do a tattoo at all that first year i was learning how studios run wow. um he had me stripping and building you know, the coil machines, people don't even use them now. It's, it's so easy to just pick up a machine, plug it in and off yeah. you go. He had me stripping and building coil machines yeah. most days until I understood how it works. And he'd be like, right, I want this one to do small lining. So I'd have to build a machine that were capable of small lining. And if it were wrong, he'd just go, yeah, that's wrong. And I'd have to figure out how to do it. He'd give me all the knowledge beforehand. And after a while, I remember sat for a full day once trying to build the machine and all it was, he kept coming out and going, yeah, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. And all it was, well, there were a little washer on it um, that I'd put, I'd put a metal washer on, on one side. Um, and for it to work, that had to be a plastic washer. Otherwise it creates a full contact with the frame and it just wouldn't have, it needs to break contact at a certain point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, full day I was sat working on a machine, but I never forgot that again. Bad, so, bad, yeah, it was really good in me. It's, with all, me in that it's, it's almost a little bit like how they teach you in the army that they kind yeah. of like destroy your ego, destroy all that, and yeah, then yeah. build you back up again to actually be that person yeah. and that tattoo artist that you're meant to be. But how many people actually do that these days? Like you said, you were really fortunate finding yeah. somebody like that, weren't you? Even though at the time you're thinking, this fucking dickhead's making me put a <laughs> fucking coil thing together. Yeah, I've been to mop, mop floors three or four times a day and yeah. sweep up cigarettes from outside and stuff like that. It wasn't what I wanted to do, but yeah, that's what I had to do to get to what I wanted to do. Did you know anything different than doing that? Did you not? Did you think that that was the only way into getting into tattoo? I'd heard of people that had gone into a studio. Yeah done a little bit of work, been thrown a, a machine, told to practice a tattoo and stuff within yeah. a few months. And at the time I was thinking, I want to do that. I want a machine. I want to be able to tattoo. I want to get my friends in. I want to learn how to do it. Yeah. So I wasn't impatient. I was just, I wanted it then, you know what Quick, I mean? No, Which is yeah. kind of being impatient, but you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, it was tough at first. Um, and apprenticeship's fully unpaid as well, usually. Is it? Yeah, you do get places that very, very rare that they'll pay you. And these days you get places popping up that are charging for apprenticeships. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of people paying like £4,000 to be taught how to tattoo. 
And fair enough, you are learning a career at the end of it. But yeah. our sort of agreement where I were, were I, he teaches me how to tattoo and I work for him after. So I worked there for a few years after and that's why he taught me. Because yeah. he wanted that in his studio. Obviously, I, I moved away, so I, I couldn't really scare that. Even when I moved away, I scared there for a year because he'd taught me that much. I yeah. felt like yeah. I was happy there. I liked it there. It was yeah. a good studio. So from you doing the building, the mopping floors, cleaning the toilets and all that, um, grunt work, yeah. when was it that you first started tattooing and when did he actually get you to start doing So artwork? I'd say the first... Are you talking about pigskin to start off with and... Um, I didn't do that... pigskin in the studio because you were worried about the whole. Obviously, it's a, a yeah, pigskin, yeah. and we were a busy studio, and we we're like a walk-in studio. Yeah, um, that'd be fine in like a private studio or somewhere. People do practice on pigskin. Um, I did. You can get specific stuff that's it's just called practice skin or fake skin or whatever. What even back then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cause it were twenty thirteen that. Um, you can buy all that now and there's so many there's places called like Pound of Flesh now where you can get a fake hand and practice on a hand or a full forearm or something. Right. Um, it's not as good as real skin, but yeah. as a general rule, if you can do a nice tattoo on that, yeah. you're going to do a nice tattoo on real skin. It's harder to work with. So when um, did you start doing? So after about 10 months or so, I'd say I got onto some fake skin. Um, it would just draw me a, a, a row of lines, just loads of little lines do me like some curves, show me dark to light shading, stuff like that, just really little bits of practicing. I did some work on grapefruit as well. You can practice on grapefruit or banana or- Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, that were about 10 months into a year in, I did all that sort of stuff. So you're doing sort of like lines and getting your hands steady and doing the that bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, just before that as well, he had me with the old coil machines, because that's what I were like what I were taught on. It's quite a heavy machine. So to have that hanging off the back of your hand while you're tattooing, it's quite awkward to work with. So you used to have me put a pencil through it and do drawings with it so I could get used to the weight on the back of my hand. Which is that's again pretty cool, Yeah, man. it's a it's lost thing now because yeah, yeah. pens, like tattoo pens, it just sits in the palm of your hand, there's no off balance. Yeah. It's all wireless now, like yeah. You don't need any of that anymore, which is yeah. sad because yeah. some of the machines still do their job better. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the, the top of the When I first started out, obviously yeah. you got all the, the roll and stuff like that, then yeah. digital happened, like, and you had to break down cameras and know how to, you know, develop pictures and yeah. stuff like that. It's like, now that's just, a lost art. No one just goes on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the same sort of thing. So what was the first tattoo that you ever did then? Let's not talk about what you did, what you didn't, at home, let's talk about what was the first tattoo you did in the studio. So my first ever one were on a guy that I worked with called Rich. Um, he were, as well as the guy that taught me, he were always there helping as well. Mm. Um, so everyone in the studio, like, we're just quite a, a nice little family. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rich let me do a, a little cherry blossom on him. I just did the line work to start with. What were you like? Were you nervous? I was nervous, were yeah. You? Yeah, yeah, proper nervous. So it were about so big. Um, I just did the line works and I reckon it, it took me about an hour just to line something that big. <laughs> Obviously, you've seen how I work yeah, now, yeah, like yeah, I work yeah, pretty yeah. fast, yeah. but it would just every little I would do in a line and I'm going like having a little look at it, going back in, making sure it was perfect, sharpening all the corners as I did it. Like, 
it were really particular. And then from there, it were a few of the, of the other artists in the studio, let me tell you them, and then I got a few friends in. And yeah, yeah. When was your first paying client? What was your first paying? So this one, it terrified me because I wasn't expecting it either. Um, a guy came in for, like, if you tattoo as well, you'll know the worst tattoos you do were like a small line work piece. Everyone thinks it's these big realism stuff. It's all the small, like, perfectly lined pieces. Um, and he wanted some scars on his forearm here. It were a line, a big line work scar, like three or four little black scars, and then a few scars with like a double line around them that followed perfectly from each other. And he walked in, spoke to me, I was just working on reception and stuff then. Um, and I went and got Lee and I said, when can we get him in? And he went, you can do that one. And I'm like, no, I like, I'm, I've only, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> no, I've only ever tattooed my friends. I've never I? thought of that before because the star, you've got to get the line. It's fucking perfect. And it's not you? just that, like stars and hearts and stuff. It's one of those, if you're doing a, a big curved line, yeah. it's quite a smooth motion. Yeah. A star, it's got to be like that. And then the yeah, next line, yeah, yeah. you can't, you've got to come over and do the next line. Like it's all different angles. It's yeah. awkward. Um, and I remember him saying to me, like, you can do that one. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't. <laughs> um, and he said somewhat along the lines of, that's the sort of stuff that you're going to be doing in between every other appointment. That's that's the bread and butter of tattooing. Yeah. If you can't do that, yeah. then you can't really get into tattooing. Um, and I was thinking, well, I've got to do this now. This has got to be perfect. Like, And it took me just short of four hours for a little piece like that. I think I charged him twenty pound. <laughs> yeah, because it was an apprentice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was clean. It was proper. I'd love to see it now, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I made sure it was perfect because I knew what he said about that's what you're going to be doing all the time. It needs to be right. I was thinking if I don't get this right, he's just going to fuck me off. Like, fucking hell. So yeah, that was quite nerve wracking. That was my first actual paying customer through the door. How did you feel after it? Fine, to be honest. Did like, you? I was, yeah, once I'd done you're it. You like sort of buzzing with yourself, proud that you think. Yeah, yeah. When was the point in your whole career where you sort of like thought to yourself, I'm a tattoo artist now? Have you ever looked at what you've been through and kind of. Yeah, there's certain pieces that I did on my apprenticeship. Um, one of them, one of the big moments were Lee, the guy who taught me, had a piece on his hand that was always a bit shit. Like, it was something he'd got done years and years ago. It all faded. Um, and I said to him one day, like, I was like, I can fix that up, but we can make that a lot nicer. And he was like, yeah, yeah, we could do, we could do. And then months went by, and then one day he had a cancellation. And he was like, right, you're fixing this hand. That were quite a big, or like the guy who's taught me how to tattoo wants me to tattoo him on his hand, which is always unsure. That were a big moment. And then there were a few other But they pieces. must have seen something in you for, for, to have that trust, not just yeah. unique of a friendship. It's like, you know, they must have seen what, what, you know, you've been through all that and kind of, you know, Ryan's got like something, um, just your approach to things. I think that's what I like about you, mate, your approach to things. You're so meticulous. You're always on time. You know, you've just got this work ethic that you know that whatever you do, I, I trust you. And I yeah. feel like that's what you probably saw in you. make me blush. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I quite, I take you, pride in what I do. Your work ethic, mate, is like second to none. Like, I don't, probably because of your, your OCD, ADHD kind <laughs> of thing, but like, when you're in it, mate, are you? 
you like. And, you know, when people see that, and you, you just kind of go, you know, Ryan's the tattoo artist for me. That's yeah. probably what you saw right back then. I'd like to think so, yeah. What was the piece that you did? On his hand? Yeah. Um, it were a woman that he had, it were like a, a half-dead nurse, but then I turned it into a pirate, which were still half-dead, um, but it had some, certain bits that needed covering up. Yeah. Um, so it were a lot easier to do it that way. So it were, it were quite a fun piece, to be honest. Um, so as you're developing um, as an artist, um, could you see this style emerging out of you? Have you kind of shifted um, in and out style to kind of find yours again? I've done, so on my apprenticeship, it, it made me do every style um, because we were in a, a walk-in studio, everything that came through the door, he were like, he were quite old school in the fact that we don't have a set style. Like if someone comes through the door, someone's here that can do a nice job of that tattoo. So when I first set out, I wanted to do Japanese, which were quite nice because nobody else in the studio quite liked Japanese. Yeah. And then I realized I didn't quite understand Japanese. It's Is quite it an hard style to do? To get right, yeah. There's certain stuff that you need to know, like the whole meaning behind stuff. This is the reason I don't do like tribal and stuff. I don't understand the meaning. Yeah. With Japanese, it's quite similar. Um, it's like the Koi Karps, there's different colours, aren't there, for different yeah, things there's, getting on. Yeah, same with dragons and stuff like that. But then there's, it's bad luck to have a Koi swimming down. Right, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's ambition to have it swimming up. There's stuff like, there's the, the Daruma dolls, which um, I, I at first I tattooed a few of them without knowing quite what they were. And then I figured out what they were and I was like, right, I need to. So they've got, because they've got two eyes and the pupils. Yeah. You're supposed to have the first pupil done when you figure out that you've got an ambition wow. and the second one done when you've completed it. That's cool. It's just little meanings like that. Laugh. Yeah. Which once I knew that, yeah. I'd tell every customer that wanted one and I'd make sure that they followed that. Whereas... I mean, it's it's not a, a bad thing if someone gets a Darumadol with two pupils without knowing what it is, it doesn't yeah. matter. But because I knew that, yeah. I wanted to put that into every piece. Um, and then, like, yeah, with the Koi Carps and stuff, when they, because they're meant to be swimming up, so that, because it's believed that if they can swim up a waterfall, they'll become a dragon. It's just a little bits of myth like that, that I like to, yeah, I like to pick up on it. Mm. Um, so I didn't quite understand stuff like that, and I want very... I wasn't very good at the art style, to be honest. So from there, instead of that, I did traditional, which is again quite difficult, yeah. but it was easier for me to pick up because it's usually one line where there's like four colours in it, that's it. Yeah. And your general... So role. when you're saying traditional, what what you mean by... I'd be talking like, what, sailor, anchor, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, what people had... Most people had recognised as like sailor, Jerry stuff. Right. Okay. So it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. one line where... Yeah. Black whip shading, golds, greens, reds. That's yeah. basically it. Yeah. People interpret it different now. Um, but my my traditional, I wouldn't put any blue in it. I wouldn't put any purple in it because it's the colours that they, they sort of had back then. Yeah. Um, but then I got to the point I wanted to put those colours in it. So I, I branched out into a neo-traditional, which has two line weights, usually two or three, um, whatever colours you want, really. And did that become your style? For a bit. For a while, yeah. Yeah. Uh, until I figured out that from doing that for so long, I'd learned how to tattoo Japanese stuff. So it sort of did the full circle. Then I could come back and try the Japanese again and put yeah. in the neo-traditional style into the Japanese. Yeah. I absolutely loved doing. And then I found like this neo 
oriental sort of style that I played about with for a few years over in Leeds. And I'd like to think that if I stayed in Leeds, that's what I'd have been known for and I'd have carried on with that. Yeah, it were a nice guy. When these do. people are coming in and asking you for a Japanese tattoo, because um, this is the one thing that I always struggle with a little bit is that, you know, obviously when I've come into the studio, that I've seen people getting tattoos just for tattoo's sake, that's yeah. no real meaning behind it. I think there's nothing wrong with it, but I feel like if, if you know all the pieces that I've got that we've done together have got meaning to me. Yeah, you know, and, and they're for me, where other people are getting tattoos for other people. What's yeah. what's your take on that? So, I have sort of a bit of a vague take on it. Like, if you yeah. want a tattoo, get a tattoo. Yeah. Like, it don't really matter. Um, first and foremost, your your main reason for getting a tattoo is because you think it looks good on you. Like. It doesn't have to have a deep meaning. It's nice if it does. Uh, I like tattoos to tell a bit of a story, but it's when people get tattoos for other people, yeah. when people get the same shit yeah. that they've they've, scrolled, they've gone on Google, they've gone tattoo sleeve, yeah. picked out the first picture they've seen, and they just want to look like someone they've seen on telly or something. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's not. You can have that look, but have tattoos that you want. I don't get why someone would get a tattoo to look like someone else might want them to you know what i mean yeah it's you see it all the time you see people getting the same things it gets boring for us as well you just sort of like <laughs> tattooing for the trend yeah what's there yeah just for I the mean, sake I, of having I tattoos me tribal but i've had it coming up now but i got it because george clooney in like dust yeah. till dawn and but i was quite young then i didn't understand my own identity yeah. and obviously i've kind of developed on that it's at what point do you say no to somebody that you you're not doing that or it doesn't that's not going to look right and you're all you're doing it for the wrong meaning so like, saying no is quite a strong thing for me i've still got that mentality of oh in that walk-in studio i had i tattooed everything that came through the door i'll try and convince people i'll be like you don't want that you want it like this so if someone's set on wanting something that's pretty meaningless I'll try to do it in a way that is a little bit different or might look better for them. Yeah. Um, the only place I draw the line is if it's really not my style. Um, if I know someone else is going to do a better job, even if it's a different studio, I'll send them there like because I know that they're going to get the tattoo they want yeah. and if it's offensive. But offensive in, not in the terms of having like fuck off or like a skull or something that someone might be offended by in, the t in like a swastika or like yeah, yeah, yeah. something that's blatantly yeah. racist or yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's hard, isn't it? Because it's like when it comes down to it, it's just opinions on it. Yeah. Isn't it? And it's like, it's not fair for you to kind of go, you can give someone's advice, but it's, you can't say no to somebody because it's their tattoo and they can have kind of whatever they want. I just yeah. think with you over time, as your reputation goes, you're, you're going to be able to say no to things that you kind of don't want to do. And obviously, for me, your fantasy artwork is just like, you know what I mean? It's That's what I'm trying to push towards. Fuck, yeah. You know, and when I came to you, I could see the style in you and I was just like, look, I'm just going to give you my concepts of what I want it and then I want you to do for me, that's you go to a tattoo artist for that. That's yeah. what. That's how I feel that you should go to someone, not with like, look, I want that. Yeah, people make the mistake of coming in and going, "This is what I want. This is exactly how I want it." And no offense to that client, but they haven't spent 
five, 10, 15 years in the industry yeah. studying what makes a nice tattoo and what works as a tattoo. Yeah. We have, like, if we tell you that it's not going to work, it's not because we're just giving it for fun. Like, that tattoo is not going to work. So you go to a tattoo artist because you like their work and you trust what they do. So why don't you listen to what they're saying in the fact that yeah. that's not going to make a nice tattoo? Obviously, it's it's one thing doing that, but then the other thing we get is people coming in with, this is what I want and that's someone else's tattoo. Yeah. And I know, I can see that that design has been done for them by a tattoo artist like, like we do for that person specifically. And they want that exact piece and that's copying someone else's work. They've put like, hours into doing the design to speaking with their client to making that special for that person and then they someone random wants it ripping off like no let me do what they've done for their client yeah speak to you sort of design for you we can use that as a base but i'm not copying someone else's work what is your style now then developing over the years <laughs> what you've been doing since 2013 yeah what what is your style now if somebody said like what's your style what would you say or would you never say that? It's, it's hard. Keep... It's really hard because, like, I still love bits of everything. Yeah. If someone came, if someone booked in for a neo-traditional piece, I'd be buzzing. I still enjoy my realism stuff. Like, but if someone said to me, like yourself, "This is my idea. Do what you want," I'd always go for like a a fantasy style, yeah. color realism, yeah. but sort of higher contrast than your normal color realism. Something that's gonna skill scanned out and skill hold up over time yeah but look quite effective yeah it's it's hard to explain what the exact style is there's not many people that do it uh, there is a few artists that are doing really nice sort of fantasy stuff but it leans more towards new school so it's a bit big bold lines bright in your face colors which is really cool i'd still love to do stuff like that i've got some pieces like that, that are up for grabs but it's more that combined with color realism stuff. What is your favorite piece that you've done to date? <laughs> There's a lot. There's is, a lot. Is, is, is there not one? What's the one that I got? Um, it was a, a the blue aquamarine piece, and I think she was all over a crystal ball. Oh, the um, the galaxy, the sort right. of nebula. Yeah. yeah. I, when I saw that, mate, I was just like, that's. What I want, yeah, in my idea, yeah. So that blues just like fucking. That's the style that I want to do, but it's that's more towards realism. Right. So that piece, for when I was playing about with, it's when I, I'd gone into doing black and grey realism, and I wanted to find a way more into colour. But a lot of my clientele at the time was black and grey realism, so I would try to find someone to do similar style because all these bright colours and stuff they, they intimidate some people. People don't like all that colour. Yeah. So I will try to do something that's just one colour palette. So it was all in blues, which grabbed some people's attention. Um, and I did really like that. But I'd like to do more stuff like that, but maybe chuck in a couple more colours, just a little flash of red from corner or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's ironic because like, people ask me, what's your favourite piece of work that you've done? But it, it's more of the you get attached to the time and who it's for and stuff that, yeah. that comes into it as well, doesn't it? Yeah. That it's, it means something to them and they meant something to you and that. Yeah, definitely. Like I have favorite pieces. I have favorite customers. I have yeah. favorite parts of certain pieces. It's 
there's a lot of stuff I enjoy most of the stuff that I do. Um, like you were saying, I've, I'm sort of at the point now where I can, if there's a piece that I'm not going to enjoy or a person I'm not going to get on with, yeah. I can just turn them away. Uh, I've had it in the past. I've had people that I just get in jail with and I've just advised them to go elsewhere. Because yeah. like I was saying, there's hundreds of tattoo artists and there will be someone that they get on with a lot better yeah. or their idea. There'll be someone sat there thinking, oh, I wish this had walked through the door. And that's someone that's walking through my door that I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's not my... Yeah. It's so. the facts of like, just when I met you, just like, right, thank fuck, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to be sat with you for seven hours if I don't fucking yeah. like it. It's a long time not to like that's, something. That's a big thing as well. Massive thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. What's the worst piece that you've done? The worst piece? Yeah, the worst piece <laughs> that you were just like, fuck me. Right. Um... Get that off me page. I don't know. We're always stuff like... When I first started out, I did do tribal pieces and stuff like that, and it's it's really not for me. It's something that, looking back now, I kind of find some of them a bit offensive that people have them because I've seen stuff pop up that's taught me things about like Maori tattoos yeah. and all the meaning and stuff and what you go through to earn it and what each bit means. And I'm thinking, I've tattooed that on someone, and they clearly haven't earned that. And at the end of the day, it is artwork. It is somebody's... It's up to them if they want it on their body, but I wouldn't personally do it now. So I'd probably say I did a couple of Maui sleeves that when I first started out at my first few, the idea of it, I didn't quite like. I remember one customer in particular I didn't like. <laughs> um, and the piece itself, because I'd just started out, it weren't the best. We've all done it. Um, but yeah, I remember that customer, he kept, it was back when numbing cream wasn't really a thing. Yeah. And he kept putting numbing cream on um, to the point where I knew that you can't put numbing cream into an open wound. Yeah. And he came, he went to the toilet once and came back and I was like, have you put some on this? And he went, no, no, no. And I was like, you, you definitely have. I can see like it's some sort it's of, it's wiping that. away. So he'd gone into the toilet and put numbing cream into his open wound and it would, I'd tell him off for it and then his next session and he'd yeah. do it again. And at the time, I was only about a year into tattooing. I hadn't quite earned the right to be like, right, fuck off now, I'm sick of you. But if I had that customer now, I'd be like, right, I'm not doing that. Like, you're not bad. Let's talk about aftercare, right? Yeah. And what's, when someone has a tattoo done, right, what do you say to them afterwards to look after the tattoo? So this is something, this is something that changes quite a lot as well. Yeah. Um, I've gone through multiple brands. I've gone through just using like Palmer's Cocoa Butter, Back when I started, it was Savlon or the Panthem. Yeah. Like, Savlon had just gone its way out. The Panthem were really in. Um, these cases, that many creams that are specifically for tattoos, these people, companies like Yale or I use, they um, specifically make cream just for tattoos. There's no excuse to use the Panthem and stuff anymore. Yeah. Like, you don't need to just go find a cream that might heal your skin. You can find something that's designed for it. Yeah. Um, same with cling film. I used to always, I'd go through different phases of being like, right, wrap it up for three days, keep cleaning it in between, fresh cling film on, keep it wrapped for three days, or let it air dry for your first gear, put your cream on after. Um, now there's a second skin that Yayo do as well, yeah, yeah. that you just slap it straight on. Yeah. Um, if done right, and if it's not weeping too much, it'll scale for five days. Yeah, it's mint. It's ace. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and then you take that stuff off, Yeah, give it a wash, wash with some soap, yeah, 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 bit yeah. of cream on it, and it'll start drying out instantly. Yeah. 
and you're not going to get anything into it. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, because it's like you said that everybody's got like different views on how to look after tattoos yeah. and stuff like that. But you know, from you teaching me, you know, you've even got to the point now where I take that second skin off, I wash it, and not put any cream on it for a couple of days, and then yeah. I'm going to give a ridiculous shout out to the the wild. Um, cream that you've got, mate, because that after a couple of days, I put that on, it just settles down. It's brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's ace. That's again, that's only by Yeo, that's their scarf, yeah. Um, but But even even the wash, mate, the wash is like that black charcoal wash is amazing, yeah. It's brilliant. Like, Like I was saying, there's no reason to have a bad, yeah, a bad cream or a bad heel with it, like, yeah, you've got everything there to do it. Yeah. There's on the website and stuff, there's literally the yeah. instructions. The, the Yayo tubs, if you look at the bottom, you can scan the QR code, it'll tell you everything about it. Like, all the information you need is there for healing a good tattoo. Yeah. So it does annoy me when, like, I've put in seven hours into a piece and then a few days later I get a message and they're like, oh, it's, it's all scabbing up and all this. I'm like, well, it should still be in the film. If the film's come off, message me. Yeah. I'll tell you what to do now. Yeah. Like... I've put in all that work, like you need to put in some work as well. Yeah. And you pay a lot of money for it. Tattoos aren't cheap. So you want to look after them. If there's an issue, then get in touch. Where did you, so from Leeds, where did you, from Leeds, where did you go from there to? So I moved to Manchester when I was in Leeds. I still worked there for a year, yeah. um, driving back and forth, which were, it got too much. Um, so I moved to another studio around the Manchester area. Um, it didn't quite work out there. It just wasn't exactly, I didn't yeah. want exactly what I wanted. Like the way that they ran the shop, that's up to them, but it didn't work for me. Um, after there, that's when I moved to, to Sorrymon, where I am now. Yeah, That's, I've been there for three years now. Um, each time I moved to a different place, I noticed that that area has a different scale which is weird. Most people don't think about the fact that like Leeds were huge for neo-traditional colour stuff. Manchester's big for black and grey realism. Oh, wow. So as soon as I moved... Never thought of that. You no, know, most people think that everyone everywhere wants different styles, but which yeah. I would as well from the outside. Yeah. But when you actually move to them places, you're like, no one wants my work. So when I moved to Manchester, I had to sort of adopt that realism style, which again plays into my mentor making sure that I tattooed everything, yeah. which I'm really grateful for. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't get that. Yeah. Um, so, so what was it like having Johnny Firth on your side then? What did you, you know? Yeah, it, would, it were helpful. Yeah. Because yeah, he's black and grey. Like, yeah. It is just brilliant. got this grittiness to it. Like. Yeah. It's it's a, a bit different from a lot of people's black and grey. It's got yeah. that, which is what I want to do as well. The, the textures, the grit, the... Yeah. Yeah, it's quite dark, really. It's high contrast. It's going to stand up over time. Yeah. Um, so when you joined Sorry Mum um, and Johnny's studio, that was in, where was it? Uh, for a month, it was in Presswich. Oh, was it only for a month before you Yeah, moved so I got in touch with him about moving there. I went and met him and that, happy days. He did mention about uh, opening up another studio, which at the time, absolutely fine. Um, and then when I joined up there, well, oh, by the way, once, once we split the studios, I want you with me for the private studio. Yeah. And I was thinking, I haven't really got a big clientele. See what I mean? Again, mate, this is what I'm saying to you, that that person back right in Leeds yeah. could see in you what Johnny saw in you. 
this yeah. work ethic, yeah. this just just the way you do things, you know, because um, yeah. it's beneficial to the Sorry Mum brand, and, yeah. and it has been, you know. Yeah, we're worried that like private studio for someone that doesn't have much clientele, especially yeah. in black and grey realism, which is what I had to sort of get into at that time if I wanted to yeah. make money at all, really. So I was like, I'm gonna be scouting out a new scale in a private studio. I'm gonna have to get clients to come to me. Um, but yeah, it was helpful having Johnny on my side because Johnny does that scale. He has done for years. He's really well known for that. Um, and he taught me a lot with it. It helped me out a lot with, because his books are quite busy. If someone booked, if someone wanted to book him with him and they couldn't wait, he'd send it to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, shout out to Johnny. Yeah, big shout, shout out to Johnny. So, how long have you been in Sorry Mum now in Rottenstall, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it'll be three years in July. Yeah. Uh, I started with him in Presswick in June uh, with my mate Yogi. Yeah. We both went there. Um, he came in the private studio and stuff as well, but he didn't want to switch to realism, which I respect. Like, that's up to him. I'm happy to bounce around to different styles. I yeah. like to do a bit of everything. Um, but Yogi had like his style, he knew what he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's smashing it now. He's, he's giving, he's got his own studio and stuff, he's giving great. Um, but yeah, I stuck about, I got into that realism, which again, if I didn't do that, that's sort of what I combined with my neo-traditional to make this style now. Yeah. Like everything I've learned from both of those styles, yeah. it's developed to this one, which- Over time. Yeah, which I'd love to just stick with this and develop it. But if you'd have asked me this two years ago, I'd have been like, oh, I want to develop my black and gray realism. But if you'd have asked me it two years before that, I want to develop my neo-traditional Japanese. So another two that's years. That's how you just develop as an artist. Yeah, I guess. That's, yeah. that's how it should be. Yeah, so I'm loving the fantasy stuff. I really want, I would love to keep doing it. Have you got a piece but, that you've always wanted to do? Have you, have you got one in your mind that you've always kind of wanted to do? Is there a Japanese piece? Is there something that you've always kind of, you know, just like a big back piece of yeah. something or? Again, if you whenever you ask me, it's going to be different, but... Right now, I love the idea of like battle scenes and stuff like what we've got planned for your yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for. Yeah. Um, I've got another one that I've just scattered a leg sleeve that's going to be sort of a, a fantasy medieval magic. Yeah, it's really kind of cool. Yeah. Um, that's the sort of stuff that I want to do now. It's not one specific piece, but one specific style. I love a like a magic battle scene, just something epic, something that's like I don't know, something that that's different, something that people don't have, something that's far if, from boring. <laughs> if, like, people came to you and said, look, Ryan, I'd really like an apprenticeship with you, what would you say right now? Right now? Yeah. I'm not looking for an apprentice, like, at all. At any point, <laughs> would you do that? I just feel you've got, you've been, you've done a lot, mate, and I feel that you could help a lot of people out with how to do things properly, how yeah. to, you know, conduct themselves, a code of ethics. Yeah, but like I was saying about the, the industry, it's been, it's oversaturated. Yeah. So unless someone came to me, I've, I've always said I only want one apprentice. Like my own apprentice, I want one apprentice. I want to teach them as I were taught. Coil machines I barely even use these guys. I want them to learn it because they might love it and they might prefer that. And it's a nice knowledge to have to know that you can do that. Yeah. Um, but I only really want one. And that's, I want to train them. I want to teach them everything I know. 
and then that's what I'll leave in the industry when I'm done. Um, if I train up, like you get people that just churn out apprentices, 10, 15 apprentices What's in the What's the reason career. for that? I don't know. Maybe they just want someone to mop up for them. Right. Like it could be, oh, it's free. They don't pay them. Right. And they're there answering phones, doing their calendars, doing all yeah. the bookings, making brews. Maybe they just like that. Yeah. With but, no actual goal of yeah. taking them on or anything like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that apprentice's goal is to become a tattoo artist. And if you've yeah. done 10 of them, yeah. when you finish tattooing, that's 10 apprentices that you've left behind that are tattooing. Yeah. And if every tattoo artist had 10 people that they left behind, that's why we've got so many now. And like I said about people just maybe just wanting someone to make bruise or mop floors. Yeah. They don't really care about that person and their artwork. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to distinguish is like, how do you know when somebody's tattooing just for the money or when somebody's tattooing just because they love doing the artwork? You can just tell. Like if, if the work's lazy, yeah. if they're not like, usually it's because if the work's shit, yeah. <laughs> they just want you in, want you out. I know people that... But it's hard again from someone else's opinion what's good artwork and what's bad artwork. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how does somebody distinguish that? Because it's their own opinion again, isn't it? Yeah. Interior design, architecture, you might look at something, oh, it's sick, I might just look at it and kind of say it's shit. Yeah. It is, it is kind of opinion, but you can tell, like, the biggest tells for me, if I were looking at an artist and I would try to book in, yeah. Um, as a non-tattooist, just a client, if I were looking at someone's profile and I were going to book in, yeah. is their work original? Are they doing all their own designs and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, is the work clean? Like if they're doing realism, does it look like realism? Is it a decent enough contrast? Is it like, is it going to hold up over time? Does it look rushed? Um, if they're doing like traditional, neo-traditional, anything with like line work, are them lines smooth and clean? Is it jagged and... <laughs> bumpy and whatnot yeah. um and are the biggest thing for me i see artists doing it like shitty artists all the time poor skin designs that they've found online saying that that's what they want to do now obviously you can't always tell if that's their design or if that's something that they've found online right. but if a quick search in google or pinterest shows that design yeah they've just pulled some off the internet and they're saying they want to tattoo it on you like if they can't even be asked to draw it or design it why do they deserve to tattoo it yeah like, you need to put that time in. Yeah. Fair enough with a realism artist, if they're like, oh, I want to tattoo a skull. Yeah. There's no point someone sitting there for hours and hours drawing a skull up to say, I want to tattoo this. But if they've never drawn a skull in their life and never tattooed a realism skull, yeah. what makes you think they're going to do a good tattoo of one? So... So, Ryan's Instagram handle is Ryan Wild Tattoos. It is. What DMs would you like? Do you want some more realism, it was on fantasy, what how would you want people messaging you right now? I mean, if there's anybody out there that's looking for advice to get into being a tattoo artist, are you willing to give that advice to people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to tell them what to focus on and what to do to get into the industry. Yeah. And it's not easy at all. If they're willing to put that time in, it took me just over two years to find an apprenticeship and then another two years to do it. So that's nearly four and a half year, no money. I, I was lucky enough to do it when I lived at home. I didn't have much bills or all like that. Yeah. Uh, I was still in college for the first bit. Um, these days, obviously, if you're an adult, you've got bills to pay. It's a lot harder to find the time to be able to do that for free. Yeah. Um, but 
if you've got like some support there, that'd be great. Um, it's it's just hard. <laughs> so you've got to have that passion there. You've got to have that determination yeah. to know that it might be rough for a few years, but after I'm gonna have a career that I love. And I mean, it's fucking tattooing. Like, there's no better job. Yeah, like it's ace. It's it's hard. It's twenty four seven. I'll go to work on a morning, tattoo all day, finish, answer my messages, do my design for the next day, go to bed, like every single day. Um, so it is full on and you've got to love it. But if, if you love doing it, then it's not a problem at all, like spending all that time on it. Apart from being really excited for my back piece that we're going to be doing, I'm not mentioning what we're going to be doing. I'm <laughs> really excited for these wildlife pieces, mate. I really, yeah. I, I really want to buy the, the skull <laughs> one with the train going around it. I feel like that message, just to finish the podcast off, with that graffiti on the side, mate, I feel that I want I want that for my office, mate. We are idea. Kind yeah, of. Kind of. It's, I'll, well, t- I'll take it off. To be honest with you, guys will be like, yeah, he does that a lot. I'll <laughs> say something, it's my idea. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, cool, I'll have that. Yeah, well, it was you that said, because I, I always wanted to do stuff like that i always had little bits that i wanted to get into i've always been quite crafty i've wanted to do i've done all sorts of form smithing armor pieces to like painting up skulls and stuff and then it were you that said if someone comes in and wants don't necessarily want a tattoo they might come in with a friend who's getting a tattoo it'd be nice to have something there for them yeah um, to be honest, mate, it's been a, a, a privilege and honour to like spending time with you, but like talking and you know educating you about brand and you know who Ryan Wild is and who the Wild brand is for the tattooing to understand that who you are is your brand and it's not just the tattoos; it is the artwork for you then to kind of go. I've always loved doing that, and then that can be sort of like part of my brand. So yeah, I'm excited, mate, for, yeah. for the future for it. It's going to be me sick, too. Me too. It's all starting to sort of link in now. So yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It all comes together. But like you, you're doing all the artwork styles and what's it, and then coming back around to what you really want to be doing. Yeah. So well, I've collected little nuggets and knowledge from different bits now. So yeah, so I put it all into one thing. How do you feel now after like talking for someone? Because I feel like you're nervous at first and now I can't fucking shut you up. <laughs> I feel better. Good. Yeah. I was nervous for it. Mate, but honestly, I appreciate it's actually you a lot easier than I thought. I really appreciate you coming on, mate. No, it's not, I mean, you tricked me, but... <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to lie yeah. sometimes, the good lies. Right. Thank you very much, everybody. See you soon. Bye.